Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily, and we are continuing our author introduction series, our summer reading series with my good friend and amazing human, Iris Sonia Moon. She is a author and a witch, a priestess, and an international teacher. <laughs> uh, she is also just an all-around super cool human. So I'm really pumped to have her here today. She's written like so many books, like eight books that have been completed, one that's in process, and then her brain is incredible. So she has many, many other books in her mind for future that will be coming eventually, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. International author and witch of mystery. Yes. Yeah, there you mm -hmm. go. That's, that yes. is what I was trying to think of. You did so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm not a spy. Although, would I say that? I would not. So, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. <laughs> so um, you were on my podcast. You were here with us on The Witch Next Door. Like, I don't know, was that like two years ago or something? It's really hard to tell with this whole timeline of life yes. right now. Who the heck knows? I think so. That sounds true. Right? It was I something like that. I can't remember yeah. what book had just come out. Uh, maybe it was uh, the Reclaiming book? I no. We were just talking about like my witch story. That's oh. what I remember. I think it was just hmm. like, I think it was one of the first times you, you know, I had talked for any considerable length of time was right. on your podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I got to know you was through an interview. And then I was it's like, we should be friends. People. It's a good way to find people. <laughs> Have a podcast. Nice. Right. <laughs> Love well, it. So let's talk today about your books. Cause really what I'm, what I'm wanting to do is to get some of these amazing books that you're writing that other authors are writing mm -hmm. out on people's like summer reading lists so, so many and mm -hmm. not just summer but like beyond because there's oh. so much amazing information out there and I think sometimes it's hard to wade through and find like stuff that you want to read so I know all your stuff is worth awesome. reading and and it's also very specific which is you know mm -hmm. it's not just like here's a primer on witchcraft it's like you've written some books about a lot of mm -hmm. deities yeah my um publisher the other day asked me to um write something I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't say the whole thing yet but uh they asked me to write something they said well we're not sure if you want to write this because a lot of your writing is more invitational than informational mm. and I was like that's a nice way to put it I love it is that. informational, but it is more invitational. Um, I'm really committed to talking about deities and talking about building relationships with them because mm -hmm. um, it helps us build relationships with ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you name the books that are out so far and then talk a little bit about the ones that are coming real soon? Because I know you've got one coming out just in a couple weeks here. I do. Yes. That one snuck up on me too. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So it all started in 2020 with Reclaiming Witchcraft, which is the tradition that I'm a part of, that I'm initiated in. Um, so that came out in the summer of 2020. And it is kind of like, it's really bare bones about reclaiming and mm -hmm. also fills in some of the gaps that other books in reclaiming haven't talked about out loud. The second book is Aphrodite, uh, Encountering the Goddess of Love and Beauty and Initiation. 
Mm -hmm. And she came out September-ish of 2020. And that is my most popular book and also my my big squeeze in terms of deity. Um, I know, I was just going to say, she's like your patron saint. Kind of like, yeah, she's not, she's my bud. I'm wearing a couple necklaces that have her name on it right now. And you're um, wearing her her embodiment on your arm and a tattoo. A big tattoo yeah. and roses are for her. And yes, they, she gets a lot of space and she's behind me <laughs> all the time, actually. <laughs> So that book is really a lot of my personal stuff. And then after that was um, a book called Practically Pagan, an alternative guide to health and well-being. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of like a, it's supposed to be this really um, like a baby step into paganism. So not to scare off folks who aren't really into the, like, the witchcraft part. It talks a lot about self-care and how to really get to know yourself and how to care for yourself well, um, which is really a lot of the themes that roll through a lot of my books but it has a couple little witchy things in it, but not too much. And it's a really good, like, get yourself back on track to getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Four, uh, and those all came out in 2020. Um, number four, it was Iris and mm -hmm. um, Goddess of the Rainbow and Messenger of the Gods. She, uh, I wrote that one because that's my namesake. And there are no books on Iris, well, there are now. There is a book on Iris. <laughs> that you wrote a book I wrote <laughs> um so yeah I wrote that and I wrote that like I think that came out in 2022 I took a year off and mm -hmm. um so that is um me sort of you know bringing her to the world because a lot of folks don't know who she is she's a minor deity allegedly there and were air quotes friends there, there were air quotes, quotes around that there are a lot minor. of minor but that minor yeah she, she's in all the big stories she just has like little I don't know if Iris wasn't there and I focused a lot on her in service. And so how can we be of service to community and also service to ourselves and how to be balanced in that as much as we can, right? Um, and then after that, uh, at the end, I don't remember when this one, this one came out early this year, 2023. Uh, so February, January, somewhere around there, uh, Honoring the Wild. Um, oh yeah. So that is, the whole title um, is Earth Spirit. It's the Earth Spirit series for Moon Books. And it's Honoring the Wild, Reclaiming Witchcraft and Environmental Activism. And I uh, collected a bunch of stories of activism and reclaiming mm. from folks who were there, um, either actions or rituals or um, exercises you could do in a class. Mm -hmm. So a whole bunch of different voices from acclaiming all around the world. There's folks uh, from the UK, Australia, the US, um, Canada. There's, I tried to, I, I, I was hopeful that I would get a lot of voices um, to write something for free for a book. And uh, it's a really lovely collection of the, I think the spirit of proclaiming. Um, it's founded in activism and continues to um, really, you know, sort of, it's the, what's the, what's the phrase? Unify spirit and politics mm -hmm. um, to create change in the world. And so I wanted to create that book because A, I wasn't at a lot of these actions. So I don't feel like I should be talking about them. And two, I really believe in the power of story to encourage us to make change, to take action. Yes. Uh, it's not, I can't, I mean, I can give you a to-do list, but if you are encouraged by what someone else has gone through, I think that is more motivating and mm -hmm. makes it feel closer to you. Absolutely. It, it brings it from the big picture down to like the, the heart picture. 
Right. And it's again, like all the relationship building, how do I build a relationship with this thing that I want to do? Yes. How do I, how do I understand myself in relation to something else? Yeah. I think that is the most important thing for me, at least I'm at least in this moment, who knows, maybe I'll change, but that seems like the way in to mm-hmm. conversations. We don't all have to agree because relationships look different, but if we can all find that for ourselves, I think it is absolutely a way to move forward in the ways that we want to. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I'm going to take a breath. <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> Those are all the ones that are out. They're done. Those are out in the wild right now. So just they're keep... out waiting for you. For they're you. Out all... waiting for you and all the places you can get books. Uh, And so those are great. So are they available in all the places that you can get books? Because I know that a lot of that your publishers in the UK, right? Yeah. So they do show up in different. So you can actually have um, folks at local bookstores order them. Oh, okay. So if you go to some local bookstores, even here, you will find some moon books. Okay. You will. And they do show up. Um, you have to ask them and maybe most folks will have like some sort of account. Um, and also I've worked with um, Ravenswing Magical Co-op that used to be in Oakland and Portland. They closed their Oakland shop, but now they're in Portland. So they have my books. Okay. Um, Good to know. Cause I was just talking to another author from Moon Books um, this week and she was telling me that she didn't know how to get them in America, except maybe through Amazon. Ah, okay. So mm-hmm. I do know, I, I am aware that Milk and Honey in Sebastopol here uh-huh. has some moon books. They do have some. Okay. And I, it's been a minute since I've checked Copperfields and things, but. Um, so for anyone listening, check your local stores first, absolutely. maybe and or you, foremost. Or you can get them from the author themselves. Right. You can go to their website. Arisani has a website. Plug I'll it. Sign them if you're into that. So yeah. What's yeah. your website? It is irisanyamoon.com, I-R-I-S-A-N-Y-A-M-O-O-N. And I will plug that into the show notes so you can just click it and go. Um, And, you know, what's better than a signed copy? I mean, and so the next book, The Norns, is actually on its way to me right now. I am copies I just found out after having a very tense argument with the people who print them uh, (laughs) about when they're going to be done. I was like, can you tell me a date? They're like, no. Oh. They come out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm, I want to have a book launch. And <laughs> so I just found out that they're on their way. Fantastic. So they're coming. Great. So the next book uh, that I'm super excited about, I'm excited about all of them. I'm going to say that for all of them because yes. I cannot pick one child. But um, the next book that comes out August 1st, allegedly 2023, Ish. it often comes out earlier on Amazon. If you order it, it's going to show up at your house early. And so I don't ever know what to tell people. Um, it's the Norns, and that's it's another pagan portals, Norns, Weavers of Fate and Magic. Um, for folks who don't know who the heck these folks are, they are, it's from Norse mythology, and you might know them as the Weird Sisters, yep. the three that sit at the base of the world tree, um, is, was, and shall be, the ones that continue to weave this web of time and destiny and fate and all of that, and the one that uh, measures the one that cuts and the one that weaves so mm-hmm. it is a process of this continuous creation of this thing that we all share called fate yes so it is a bit longer than my other books like not by much but a little bit because there's a lot to say and there are three of them so it's like getting three in one um 
I have worked with the Norns since my the beginning, pretty much, of my witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And so they are super close to me. Um, they are um, the constant reminders of how I am interconnected and how I can remember that connection and recognize that my actions also have impact. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also have worked with the Norns, not in the way that I thought of them as the Norns. I'm also using air quotes here. Um, <laughs> but that whole concept of is, was, and shall be, and the fates, mm-hmm. and uh, they hold a special place in my heart. So I'm I'm pretty excited to read this book. Yeah. And there's a lot of, as I was researching, you know, a lot of my deity relationships come from my personal interactions and not yeah. necessarily study. Like I usually meet them personally first before I go find out more about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it works for me. And so when I was researching this, I, I learned there's a lot more nuance in this and which I really appreciated and has only served to deepen the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, is, was, and shall be is a very easy way to say that. It's not actually like, it's a little bit more than that. So yeah. I'm going to leave an ellipsis towards the book <laughs> to find out more. Um, yeah, I just, it also has exercises for every single working with each of them, working with them together and the differentiation between fate, destiny, weird, or log. There's a whole bunch that folks mm-hmm. can really, um, dive into. Well, and I love this. I, I love the way that you approach these things because these relationships, because you do bring this idea of, um, of having an experience versus just reading about it. And I think mm-hmm. for my bias that I see the world through is that the more experiences we have, the more we can determine if something is the right fit for us. We can determine what that relationship might look like. Um, whereas, you know, doing an ex- doing an experiential exercise with a deity is going to feel very different than reading a book about them. And I love Agreed. that you offer both. Mm -hmm. I think too, the other point is for me is that it's about accessibility. Yeah. And I want to create access for folks and inroads to the divine. Yeah. Because I think for so long, when you read about things, there's this separation Mm -hmm. and that for me just doesn't work. I mean, if I wanted that, I would have stayed in Christianity and that's not where I wanted to stay. And that's fine for some folks, not my jam. And yeah, it's about access. It's about recognizing the divine, not only in deity, but also in ourselves. And so by creating these experiences where we can relate to their stories, we can relate to their movements or some wording or anything like that. I think that that just deepens everything and makes it more exciting, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and then speaking of relationships, so the, okay, the next book is Gaia. So Earth Spirit, it's another Earth Spirit series, uh, Gaia, Saving Her, Saving Ourselves. So this comes out in November, 2023. I read says. this one already. Yeah, Emily already, <laughs> Emily already got a sneak peek into this one. So um, this, because so here's for folks who don't know things about uh, how these how books are written. They're written usually like a year before you see yes. them. And so I wrote this back at last fall. And right, I don't know. Yeah, because I was writing Norns last summer. Yeah. So yeah. And so that's, it's weird, timey-wimey stuff. Um, So the book about Gaia um, is really about building that relationship with Gaia in order to feel connected enough to this being that maybe we could do some stuff with the environment and to support it and possibly um, 
I don't know if we're going to turn around anything, but maybe slow things down yeah. um, in terms of saving this precious planet of ours. And yes. so it's the whole saving her, saving ourselves is mm. this um, interconnected symbiotic reciprocal relationship. And there's also a lot of like really concrete tips in it too. I wanted to balance those two things. Uh-huh. Um, basically witchy, but also here's a to-do list if that's your jam. And also I included a section that I feel is really important and, and sometimes um, I don't think I've seen it a lot outside of a couple of authors is the idea of dealing with this ecological grief and how yes. do we still move forward um, when it, it when it sucks and mm-hmm. when it's hard and when it's sad and it seems absolutely overwhelming. Yeah. How do we do that? How can we build communities that can support each other? How can we um, recognize that we don't have to do this alone and nor do we have to do all of it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, That's yeah, so that important was- too, because I think people are actually suffering from ecological grief more than they necessarily recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's pervasive and uh, there's a lot of avoidance as far as mm-hmm. facing it head on, but there's a lot of not feeling so great and feeling kind of depressed and wow, I'm really mm-hmm. sick of this weird weather and, you know, mm-hmm. feeling in crisis and all of that, that's just getting pushed to the side. So I think it's really important that you included that piece. I, I think so too. We're as a society, we suck at grief. As yeah, we do. So it's sort of like it, it makes sense that uh, we would suck about it um, when it comes to seeing the world change around us. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't have like a, a big activist bent in our lives, we can still see that things are changing. Things are not the way they used to be. Yes. And that on some level is a loss. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, definitely something that, like you said, I think is impacting us more than we know. Um, so hopefully... It can at least be a starting point for figuring out how to navigate that. And for folks who want to really work with us even in more depth, because I only have so many pages, uh, Joanna Macy, look up Joanna Macy, all of Joanna Macy's work. I actually included um, like a description of one of her exercises in there mm-hmm. in the book, because it's really helpful for um, finding your connection and understanding where you fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Don't One more. Do this. I'm, I have all the books. So what you can't see right now is that I have all the books sitting next to me because also we have to remember that the author wrote these a while ago. And right. So sometimes I don't remember the exact title and uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so the one that's coming out in April is Artemis and right. um, Artemis, goddess of the wild hunt and the sovereign heart. So... Mm. If you would like to hear a book that I've written that is a little bit sharper, this is the book to read. This is sharp. A book, what do you mean by sharper? When I mean sharp, this is really um, the thing that we, uh, thing that I often see with Artemis is the, oh, it's powerful and amazing and like rocking woman and like amazing female like model, and that's all true. She also kills stuff, mm-hmm. and so I, I really like went into the fact that she's actually incredible incredibly like violent and that's part of it because uh-huh. the hunt is violent yes and what wh- all the things that maybe people use her for in terms of like supporting women's rights and um abortion like I, I went into abortion rights I went into all of that and how she is um one of those deities that would be great to um call upon 
that uh-huh. sort of stuff because she is very yes. clear about what is right and wrong, uh-huh. which is not what everybody, uh, you know, not every jives with that. Right. She and she doesn't care. You know, she is very much like this is the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do. Um, one of the things that really stands out for me in remembering writing about this is the idea that you know she will go after anybody that tries to go after the wild. Uh huh. Because that is what she wants to protect. Uh huh. Even though we're all part of the wild. But how yeah. do I save my forest? How do I save my you know? So it it's a really lovely and nuanced. Um, hopefully, well, maybe not. It's it's pretty it's pretty uh <laughs> it's pretty powerful and direct. Like I get in it with deities when I'm working with these books. I right. really I, I more often than not I already have a an existing relationship with them, mm-hmm. and so it is something where I'm sort of trying to help get their message along. And for me, it is all about the the sovereignty and the um, reclaiming of our own personal wild. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, uh, yeah, there's a lot in there that is ritual. There's a lot of relationship building in there too, with this complexity. And also I mentioned Wonder Woman, because of course you do, because there's a very like real little bit in there um, about yeah. Wonder Woman and how all, how she's on the island. You know, it, there's a lot of similarities. So on purpose. I mean, I'm purpose. sure Wonder Woman had her birthplace. Mm-hmm. Yes. From mm-hmm. from this mythic exactly. realm. Yes. And so, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, Artemis is uh, be a fun way to start the year next year. She is, uh, and I, I, remember, I just looked at the front of it. One of the author's notes in here says the trick with the wild. <laughs> it was the like, tr- I, the trick with the wild is that, you know, you can't really define them. So this whole uh-huh. thing, like I can say all this stuff, but you can't really, like you can't really like nail this one down. You can't, you know, she's running through the woods. Right. So she is, def- she's describable, maybe not definable. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, you see that flash of her running through the trees, but you can't necessarily mm-hmm. grab her and connect in that way and are you the hunted or the hunter right depends on the minute exactly <laughs> so that's I mean that's a lot of that too like really thinking about that relationship and recognizing that there is no one answer uh-huh. and there isn't um you can go I mean you can go chase it just to stay on that metaphor but uh yeah so I think that yeah. she's uh she's she's uh I, I haven't visited her in a while. And so that was really nice to go back and yeah, she's great. Um, Yay. Yeah. Thanks. Those are all the books that are, they're either out or they're going to be out. And I know when. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. And <laughs> I, Amazon has its own jam. And so um, I just uh, turned in a book last Saturday and so that one is in, and that is Circe, mm-hmm. um, goddess of sorcery. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Um, I haven't really worked with Circe. And so that was a different experience. And she had a lot to say. And also I recognized there were a lot of things that I actually had been working with. Mm-hmm. That I just hadn't, I hadn't realized. 
um, little things. Do you find that to be true with each of these deities as things yeah. start to, as you start to like unravel mm-hmm. the stories yeah. and everything, do you go, oh, there's that theme that I've been working through in my life, not realizing mm-hmm. this energy was here all along? Absolutely. Every single time, every one of them teaches me something. Every one of them, usually in the midst of writing, teaches uh-huh. me something. I don't always know where I'm going. I know what I want to say or a little bit. And then eventually they uh, will often say something else uh-huh. and, or they will say in this direction. I mean, my outlines change constantly when I'm writing because I'm like, mm, we need to go in this direction now. And like Iris, Iris was a complete, like I went for a walk in the middle of a writing session and came up with half the book. And I was like, oh, oh, I didn't know where that was coming from. <laughs> so, I mean, which makes sense. She's the messenger, you know, of course. Right. Mm, right. It would make I mean, sense. It's one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's right. I remember you now. Um, I I'm writing about you, but I didn't really get you until you did the thing. Mm-hmm. So Circe was definitely like that. Circe and her fierceness and her uh take no BS from anybody uh has really been uh, a theme that has popped up more and more for me in these uh-huh. months. So it's been great. And there's also this recognition of that's a lot of power and that's a lot of like force. Mm-hmm. And she is very much someone to not be trifled with. Mm-hmm. So how do you hold that? Well, how can you hold the knowledge that you have and do it for something that's, I don't want to say good, but we'll say good because I can't think of another word, something helpful in the world uh-huh. versus destructive and I don't like to do that binary but here we are I think that she also has a lot to teach about being alone uh-huh. so much of her time is spent alone and wanting love oh, and interesting. it's pretty interesting like she yeah. wants people to stay with her and she only like one of the times like Odysseus when Odysseus like comes by and that whole story uh like Odysseus does stay but also it's it's this weird dynamic there's a there's another situation where she has all these partners that don't really stay for a long time or you're not quite sure if they're there because they want to be mm-hmm. And there was one in particular, the name's escaping me in this moment. Sorry, I just wrote it. So it's out of my head. Um, One of them in which he tricks her into not harming him. I'm pretty sure that might be Odysseus. But anyways, there's there's a lot of, for me, I felt a lot of, um, like a lot of compassion for her. Like I I would, and I put it, I think at the end of the book, I'd be pissed too if people were coming up to my island all the time and people just Uh... wanted stuff from me. They just wanted to know what I knew. Yeah. Right. That would get pretty annoying. And over time and many years and being, you know, not seen as like a significant deity, that's a lot of stuff to take. Yeah. So, yeah. The question of how do you deal with being misunderstood? Yeah. And not seen. Mm-hmm. So I love to, like, this is why I write all these books. There's so much nuance that if you just meet it enough times, you can go like, wait, but wait, how would I deal with that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and you think about origin stories, you know, all of these stories come from myth, really, that was Mm -hmm. created in one way or another, depending on Mm -hmm. your stance. But, you know, all these different pantheons, somebody created these stories, and it makes sense that we would be mirrored in them as humans, like our human, our humanness and feelings and challenges and all of that are mirrored in all of these stories of the gods. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that there can be a lot of value and healing when you tap into where you're at and are able to find that uh, within these realms and within these deities and build that relationship. Yes. I mean, if a deity can do something so horrible and still be redeemed, maybe, maybe I can too. Right. Yeah. I think that that is an important healing. I think especially in moving away from traditional like Judeo-Christian sort of thinking, like sometimes there's that. Um, Yes, there is, um, there are arguments, there's conflict, there's killing and all of that too. And also there are also these mythic moments of redemption and Mm -hmm. um, justice. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that is really important, um, at least in my own personal development. Um, and yes. also, you know, the trick with story and myth is that most of it is, um, you know, translated by white dudes. And so right. that are all in academia. And so thankfully there are a lot more translations coming out that are not like that. Yes. So, uh, absolutely check those out. Um, and one of the things I actually did not mention my Norns book, I specifically did not use, I used female translation female translators whenever I could Uh and I think it's throughout the entire book I think I only mention other folks uh at other like in the back okay I just I used other translations because I I wanted to see how that would feel and what would come through in that how did it feel felt great (laughs) it felt really good it felt like some of the translations and I use them in Circe too some of the translations tend to give a little bit more grace to people. Mm. And I think the other thing too, is that with um, women who have been the translators, they tend to leave in characters or um, that are sometimes left out. Uh huh. So you're missing some, a lot of stories in some of them. Um, like Snorri Snurlson, I'm probably not saying that correctly. I uh, did a lot of translating uh, the poetic Edda and the prose Edda for the Norse mythology. And I specifically did not use his translations uh-huh. because uh, not only is he heavily biased in how he translates things, but I once did a witch camp in which we worked with the goddess, I guess, uh, Golvig, who is this amazing, badass, uh, Vol- like a vulva who's like a seer mm-hmm. and a prophesier and she like goes into the halls of Odin and they all get pissed at her because she wants to talk about you know like because she has all these powers and so they try to kill her and they try to burn her alive and all of this stuff and three times they try to do this and she just walks out and she's like mm, I'm fine and <laughs> it's like often not seldom but still she lives is one uh-huh. of the translations of her coming through that initiatory process Snorri doesn't include that. Oh. Now, granted, the story is eight lines long, I think. And she is this powerful one that then goes out in service to the communities, to the farmers, to tell them how their their crops are going to go. And never for herself, always for 
the community um, mm-hmm. after this big initiatory process. So, wow. and that seems like a pretty important story. It does. Right? Yeah. So you wonder what other ones are missing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. And, so that's my goal with my books is to sort of like bring that stuff in as much as I can, as much as I know, and also to bring up like alternative stories because like Aphrodite has a ton of things that, you know, I have, I have a beef with, but, you know, bringing up alternative things because yes, um, books are great. I think relationships are, relationship building is better. If we can do, if I, if I can say that. But yeah. Uh, you can I say mean, whatever you want. I mean, go beyond the book. Yes. I mean, also buy books from authors, but also go beyond <laughs> the book, right? Well, I mean, I, I think that's what you're talking about in terms of mm-hmm. when you get into the more experiential stuff and mm-hmm. then you start to build this relationship and you want to know more. Yes. Right. So you start, it's like dating someone. I was just, just going to say, so this is the thing. I, I This is my soapbox. One of the things that, I think is so funny when people are like, oh, I want to work with deity. I don't know how to do it. Like how do they're human? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe like, you know, the joke that I always say is I don't build altars to my friends, but you know, but it is like, re- like looking them up and seeing what they do and looking at their social media, you know? So looking at, you know, the gods and the, what texts there are and, but also asking questions beyond that and sitting mm-hmm. with them and meditating and learning and it, being open to finding something out that contradicts something that you think and wondering if, okay, is this somebody I still want to work with? Mm-hmm. It's like any relationship. How do you show up and how can you also be a part of that? Mm-hmm. Um, relationships are not one-sided, ideally. Um, gods are not gumball machines, which is one of the things I like to say don't, they're not, you don't just pop in like, you're so wonderful and then expect something. Right. It's not the way it works. And uh, we could have a whole other talk about that, but that's, I, in each of my books, I talk about relationship building because it's just, I want it to be a thing. Well, it's Um, about being responsible in a relationship, right? It's about you being a part of that and owning your part of it and not just giving it all up to be like, you need to give me things now because I'm worshiping you. Yeah, exactly. And the, and also I think that when we can do this, the more we can recognize our place in the re- relationship, the more we recognize ourselves as divine. Mm, yes. It becomes yeah. a level playing field, not a, I'm looking up at you. Right. I am looking you in the eye. How can we make this work? Yeah. It makes me think of partnership. That's the word that just came to mind. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, that's what I, that's my personal thing is that divine is not above me, that I am divine too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just may not have as wide of um, a perspective, but I, you know, I don't, I am in communion and devotion, not supplication. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's cool if you're like that, just to be clear. Right. Right. Cool, cool. Everybody's relationships are different. That's the other thing. That is so true. Mm-hmm how you do relationship and who you do it with is buried. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So in, in offering up all of this information to the masses um, of, of your books and, and the deity within them and, and all of it, cause it's not just all about deity. There's other pieces there too. Um, I guess what I'm wondering is if you 
were a consumer consuming your books, what would mm-hmm. be the first place you would start? Uh, I have two answers to that. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> tell me the two. The first answer is, are you interested in uh, witchcraft? Uh-huh. And if you're into that, I would say reclaiming and honoring mm-hmm. the wild. Like uh-huh. that's a good, th- those are a good, in that order, reading those. Um, because from there you can work with deity, right? Uh-huh. Um, if you are interested in working with deity, and that is something that is maybe not even a goal, just sort of compelling. Mm-hmm. I think that the best book to start with for me is probably Aphrodite. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that because it's <laughs> I don't because I think that that's true. Um <laughs> because I think that that because it was the first one I wrote. And yeah. that I think that there's a certain quality to that one that is more, not more invitational, but there's a softer bent to it. And she tends to be the one that's the most misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So I always, I, I encourage folks to start there, recognizing that you're going to get into this book and realize, oh, she's actually more complicated and love goddesses are hard. Mm-hmm. So I do, I, it sounds like a very sweet uh, suggestion and it can also be really a lot of people have gone through a lot of stuff after reading my book and people have uh, gotten married. They've worked through divorces. I've heard Um, people have like healed their relationship with their body. All of She's very helpful. And my hope is that I'm going to write more on her because there's only so much I can say in certain word counts. And so, but also I write about her all the time. And uh, when you teach about her all the time too, all the time. So that's another thing just to throw out into the the ethers um, that if you're interested in having the experience of working with Aphrodite in a more guided way Mm -hmm. um, that Irisanya offers that. Constantly. Yeah. I I really love to, because I like the experiential. I would Mm -hmm. rather have like an immersive experience than sort of didactic, didactic and sort of tell you the things I can also do that. Absolutely. I think that's always a nice place to start. But all, I really love the immersive, like, let's go in a trance. Yeah. Let's do a trance dance. Let's move our bodies. Let's find out where desire lives. Let's find out where love is living today. All of that, because again, it's building a relationship that for me, I, I, I don't want to say I don't use words in building a relationship. What I would say is that I want to know what my body thinks of it too, mm-hmm. not just my head. Because yes. I can logic the heck out of anything. Right. My body knows other stuff. Your body can override it if you give it a chance. Fingers and toes crossed. Yes, Yes. (laughs) absolutely. I hope so. My head is not always, should not always be in charge. (laughs) Mine neither. Mm -mm. It's not always a good plan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, overall, I think those are good things to think about. And I think those are the two ways in. And if you're not a person who's into witchcraft or sort of deity, you're like, I just want to know what you're all about. <laughs> the health and wellness book is great. Mm-hmm. It's super, it's super accessible. It is. And it is, um, it's been reviewed by Publishers Weekly. It's, it's, it's a valuable book. And it is. I've read that one as well. I could have, I could have added more to that one, but there's definitely a lot of good things to, to start off with there. If you just want to rebuild a relationship with yourself. Yeah. So there's deity, magic, self. Yes. That's sort of my tracks. Awesome. I also just want to plug um, your your class that you're teaching at the Season of the Witch Conference. So for anyone who uh, has been around for a while, 
uh, then you know that twice a year I host virtual conferences and the next one is going to be October 6th and 7th and Iris Sonia is going to be teaching Dancing with Deity there. Yes, I am. <laughs> so I am. Uh, so a little, another little opportunity to, um, mm -hmm. to build those relationships, to maybe look at how you might do that. Absolutely. I'm, that is just my messaging. That's my brand, I guess, at this point <laughs> to just continuously, well, it's all, so I'm, I'm talking with somebody, uh, I can't remember when sometime this month, uh, on a podcast too, about this sort of dancing with deity and uh -huh. this idea of, um, and she titled it, I think, and said, um, and talking to me about heart led magic. Oh, and yeah. I think that that is absolutely what I do. That, it is yeah. all heart, heart led. Like, how do we follow the heart? How do we do this relationship thing? How do we, that feels like your brand. Yeah. It's Just heart saying heart led, mm -hmm. heart led heart magic. You'll, I mean, yeah. I'm on the social medias. I say heart magic a lot. I say life is a love spell a lot. So, so you check in with your heart. Mm -hmm. Check in with your heart, um, investigate the heart and I don't know, trust it. I think that's a good way to look mm -hmm. at it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. awesome. And I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today about yeah, all you. your fabulous books. Thanks. There's a lot of words. I hope that folks could, uh, Oh, you can slow down. Hopefully, this recording because I know I sometimes talk quickly. <laughs> no, that um, was not fast. I've heard you okay, talk good. much faster. That's it's good. true. Yeah, I have. I am mm -hmm. trying not to. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Find me on all the things. I love talking about this stuff, and um, I'm always happy to connect, like over email and things like that. And um, yeah, talk about magic. So. Yes. And like I said, I will go ahead and put all your info in the show notes so people can track you down. Um, and if you're wanting to come and work with Iris Sonia, you know, she offers classes on her own. Uh, and then also the season of the witch conference, come, come hang out with us. It will be loads of fun as per always. As and always. Mm -hmm. you're going to be coming to us from Greece. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say, wait, I, wait, when, oh, right. That's right. Yeah. So I'm going to be in Greece when I'm doing this. Cause I decided why the heck not I'm helping to, <laughs> I'm helping to lead slash, um, make magic with folks who are traveling to all these different sites in Greece. And so we're actually not just going to be working with Aphrodite, working with, um, Artemis and, uh, Hera and a whole bunch of folks. So I will be in Greece. I will be, it's like my, it's like my one, I have a day off the next day. So I'm going to stay up really, really late. I'm going to be teaching from, <laughs> teaching from, I can't remember where I'm going to be that day, but I'm pretty sure I'm still around Athens then. So, all right. So you'll be giving us some of that, that magic. Yeah, I'll be that. It's going to be a very fun energy to that yeah. presentation. No doubt. So, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank everyone, you so much. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And until next time, my friends, keep following, keep tuning in because we're going to keep talking to these amazing authors and we're going to get your book lists huge, huge. It's going to be fabulous. Mm -hmm. You'll be stocked up for at least a year. <laughs> we love it. We Absolutely. Love it. Thanks folks. Yeah. Keep it magical. Hey there, friends. Emily here from Wise Woman Witchery. If you like what you hear on The Witch Next Door, I invite you to support us. You can do that by rating, reviewing, liking, following, uh, what else? 
<laughs> whatever else it is that you do on the platform you like to listen to podcasts on by doing these things that actually helps other people find us and in that way helps us spread the magic. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And thanks for being a listener. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.